Welcome. We are a mother-daughter podcast about all things surrogacy. Together, we have brought eight beautiful babies into this world, and we would like to share our knowledge of surrogacy with those who want to educate themselves on the topic. This is Stop, Sit, Surrogate. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Stop, Sit, Surrogate with Kennedy and Ellen. Hello. We are here. We are welcomed by an amazing guest today, so I'm going to let her introduce herself. Do you want to say hi? Hi, my name is Andrea Bryman. I'm a marriage and family therapist and founder and owner of uh, Bryman Counseling Associates. Awesome. Okay, so first question, what is Bryman Counseling Associates? We are a team of mental health professionals. We are licensed in all 50 states in the United States. Um, So we can talk to anybody anywhere in the United States. Um, And we specialize. Our our main goal is is providing um, assessments for egg donors and surrogates, gestational and traditional carriers, as well as egg donors and sperm donors. Um, We do consults with intended parents to make sure that they are comfortable with what they're doing and answer any questions um, they may have during their journey. And then we also provide any kind of ongoing counseling for surrogates or intended parents or anybody dealing with infertility. Wow. Amazing. I have like so many questions. <laughs> so you um, work, well, you work, do you uh, do agencies contract you contact you or are you specifically working with a certain amount of agencies? No, nope. we have a oh. plethora of agencies, clinics, doctors, um, yes, we're, we're, wow. we are talking to people all over the world and all over the U S and wow. we do everything through telehealth. Okay. Wow. That's nice. And, wow. That's lovely. And so- yeah, everything's through, we have a HIPAA compliant, um, video platform where oh. everybody gets their own portal. They do everything in their portal, log in for their sessions and agencies, everything's done. So it's all HIPAA compliant. Okay. Wow. And we have appointments seven days a week from early morning to early evening. So there's never a time constraint about getting um, reports or appointments out. I mean, I really, given that I've been doing this so many years, I know I'm just probably jumping the gun, but I've been doing this over 25 years and it reached a point that I realized that it couldn't just be me. And I knew that there was this need to have therapists in a lot of different states. And I thought the idea of getting licensed in a lot of states, but it was more that I could take on and more than I wanted to do at this point. So I came up with this idea of like, well, what happens if I build a team and mentor and train um, clinicians in this industry, which has been so much fun, um, being able to pass on the knowledge that I've had over the years and know that I'm teaching other people to do that. And everybody, and I'm bringing this whole network of clinicians that have a variety of backgrounds, not just in, in women's health, but, or reproductive health, but also in trauma, substance abuse, um, what a chemical dependency. So we have this great network. So if we're doing a session and one of our therapists has a red flag about something's concerned and doesn't have any background, it, we can we can reach out to each other and say, hey, can you give me a little advice on this? You know, this woman has, or this person has a history of abuse. You know, she had maybe one session. Do you think, you know, but it was 20 years ago or, mm-hmm. but we have, we, we yeah. have each other to bounce off or bounce off from each other. So, um, Okay. So that's what my goal was like. And then instead of having to refer out to maybe somebody that we didn't know and didn't necessarily know that they would know this industry and just mm-hmm. find a random therapist somewhere. My thought was that I want to have someone that in every state. So no one really had to go anywhere that I knew that wow. intended parents and surrogates would be talking with and donors be talking to someone that's trained specifically in this field. Brilliant. No, that's amazing. Literally that's brilliant. brilliant. Mm-hmm. And comforting to know as well one stop yeah yeah wow so because you are licensed in every state but you also work with agencies what happens if there's an international couple coming from an agency do you guys are you guys not allowed to we do because we're just doing psychoeducational consults with them we're not providing any therapeutic services to anybody outside the country so we could absolutely have a conversation with them oh cool okay because it's more education than anything yeah and that's typically what an agency will do is ask you to provide those services to the, sur- let's just say it's a surrogate and an and IPs to both mm-hmm. parties for mm-hmm. them, for the agency. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. And also we have uh, 
I, I don't mean to be plugging this, but whatever, we're here. Oh, cool. So we have therapists that speak seven different languages also. So I have someone that speaks Mandarin, someone that speaks um, amazing Spanish, Hindu, oh Punjab, Urdu, Urdu, Hebrew. So we're... Gee, you are one stop. That's yeah. Awesome. No, that's fantastic. It is. And you... So, so then I just need to back up a little bit. You said you've been doing it for 25 years. How long have you had like this team? We just finished our first year. Oh, yeah! We, oh. we launched um, a year ago, October. So we are That's awesome. Yeah, well, in a pandemic. So we started off with like some states, and then we have built, and within just maybe two weeks ago, we wow. actually managed to get our last therapist in, uh, I think, North Dakota. Cool. Oh my and gosh! And North you're thriving, so- right? The business is just booming. I would think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. No complaints. No complaints. We're happy. Congratulations. That's yeah. awesome. Very cool. Very cool. That is amazing. All right. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. Yeah. I'm going to like dig in a little bit. All right. Go for it. What are like, what are some red flags then? If you're, you know, if you're screening a surrogate or an IP, if there's, um, first of all, I'm not, let's yeah. talk about IPs and yeah. that. Yeah. I never feel that I'm evaluating intended parents. Okay. Our role as mental health, uh, professionals, in my opinion, has always been is to educate because just because um, someone is is dealing with infertility or needs help of third-party reproduction doesn't mean that they should have to be evaluated to be a parent because anybody that can conceive naturally doesn't necessarily have to go through any kind of psychological check or mental health check. So I, I always, as someone who went through fertility issues myself, that I had this feeling like if I was sitting at a doctor's office and they said to me, sorry, I had a thing floating there. Um, <laughs> if they said to me, you need to go get evaluated to be a parent, I would probably yeah. see an attorney pretty quickly as a form of discrimination. So really our role is like, let's talk about this, you know, and, and I want to tell you that if we ever meet with an intended parent, that it feels more like they need any kind of counseling or therapy, they absolutely will be referred at that moment to a therapist in that state because we want to make sure if there's any kind of thing beyond education that oh, there's yeah. a clinician licensed in the same state as them. Oh, that being great. said, yeah. we really the whole role of the intended parent is just to educate them. You know, yeah. you, you know, let's let's talk about have you thought these things through? Have you thought that through? And you know, what kind of relationship do you want to have with you, with your surrogate? Okay. So let me go back. So there's for intended parents, for me, there could be a million red flags, but I'm not going to be the gatekeeper. Okay. okay. And when I have, when I have clinics that say to, you know, or a physician say, well, we want you to, we want you to talk to them and let us know whether or not we should work with them. My advice is oh. always, you have a private business. You get to decide who you want to work with. I'm not going to be that person. Perfect. Yeah. No, that's fair. So do you, you, because there's got to be HIPAA in there too. Do you, do you provide reports back or do you just clear? It's kind of like a clear, non-clear, like. Well, for for an evaluation, we do, we do a full clear, we do a full report. Okay. And everybody signs waivers and releases. Okay. Parents, all we do is provide that we, a clearance letter to, because most clinics want them to have a session. Okay. And so we will provide a clearance letter that they've had a consultation with us. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And then red flags for surrogates. We want to make sure that number one, they, that they don't have any history of mental or ongoing mental health issues going on that would, you know, everybody, let's just say everybody has some mental health issues, but nothing that's, you know, I mean, let's see, we all have some anxiety. We all have a little ups and downs along the way that happens, but we want to make sure that nobody has any, you know, personality disorders or major life issues, like major psych issues going on. So, um, so that's one thing we want to make sure, you know, what's, what's the reason for wanting to do this? Why do they want to do it? Yeah. Got to be a level beyond financial compensation. There's got to be a level of altruism. It okay. really need to help someone. We want to make sure that they've had good pregnancies. Yeah. Do you have a good support system? Do you have right. people that will help you through this? Yeah. Um, how have you dealt with loss in the back in the past? If something doesn't go the way that you anticipate it. Yeah. Make sure that they're financially stable. Right. So, right. those, so basically you want to make sure that they're financially and emotionally stable through this and yeah. have a good support system. No, that's fair. And what if they had previous postpartum depression? I've been denied places because I had postpartum with my son, but not three of my surrogate babies. I think a lot of that we see, um, I guess I, I'm going to, 
maybe what I'll say is controversial, but I really feel like it comes down to it's a whole team perspective and not just my, our perspective. Our, our, we don't, that's not, we're not the deciding factor. Okay. Um, the question for me is how, how would, how, how did, how was it treated? Mm-hmm. Right. I've had a lot of women that have had postpartum depression, but they say, you know what? I know that I have this, you know, my doctors know about it. I know that I'm going to start medication as soon as I'm after it. I've never, you know, I want to make sure they're not homicidal or suicidal or right. you know, haven't had anything to that extreme. And then, you know, okay, so you've had this. So why do you want to still do this? You know? Right. 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 Like, really? You still want to do this? But a lot of the women just know that it's, a, that it's an issue for them and I'm okay. prepared to address it. And I know this part of me. Um, so I guess for, for our practice, it's really about, okay, so if you've had these issues, is it really, you know, was it, was it baby blues or was it really postpartum depression? Right. Um, and how, and how it was addressed. Okay. Okay. You know? well, that's so fair. It's probably case by case. Yeah. yeah. So it's not an immediate disqualifier because there's a lot of women that had it like you had it, had it with one child, but didn't have it with others. And, yeah. um, and our, how are, you know, how aware are you? you know, the, the key is to be aware of it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Because on some agencies, we know that that's a checkoff box. If you have postpartum depression, you check it off. Yes. You really don't even get to explain yourself in some situations. And it's just like, well, we, we can't work with you. Yeah. Like you said, case by case basis. So that, that's interesting. I'm, I'm glad to hear that's how you. Our, our philosophy and our practice is that again, we're not gatekeepers. Right. We're, we're one piece of the puzzle. Right. So we see someone in a snapshot as an agency owner, you, um, you, you talk to these candidates multiple mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. and then there's attorneys that talk to them. And then there's clinics and nurses and doctors. There's a lot of people that talk to them. So if there's something that's, that we're kind of on the fence with, um, or it just seems a little odd, I'm going to be the first person to call the referring source and say, Hey, you know, what's your thoughts on this? You know, okay. have you had, you know, do you have a re- weird feeling about this or have you experienced this at all? And right. so again, like we're it. a piece of the puzzle. We're not that's great. Yeah, that's great. Cause I think when, back when, when I, it was either you passed or you didn't, and that was it. And there was no discussion about it. And I was like, Oh, and you always freaked. I always freaked out when I had to go through psych, always freaked out. And I don't know why, but I just did because I knew it was that they were holding my life in their hands. And I'm like, Oh yeah. No, I know. Bad. Sorry. It's okay. I don't oh, ever want it. I've never wanted it to be that way. Right. You know, we I just know. Like, I'm always like, you're going to be a great candidate unless I hear otherwise. That, like, wow, that's I don't, I, that's my perspective. If you've gotten yeah. to the point that, that we're having this conversation, mm-hmm. you know, you've got a lot of great things going for you and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I want to, I want to help you. And I want, you know, I tell surrogates and tell surrogates from the very beginning, you know, we just want to make sure that you're going to have a good experience doing it. Yeah, and you might have the best intentions, but if we're having this conversation and really that's what our psych evals are, they're, they're a conversation and we want to know about you and who you are. And we want to help you make, help you with your decision yeah. of whether or not this is going to be a good experience for you or not. Right. Right. And we may have a conversation with surrogates and, and talk through some things and they might just be like, you know, I know that you really, really want to do this and your heart was really on it. Let's say, let's say they had, you know, history of really bad postpartum depression, or mm-hmm. they have some really bad unresolved trauma. Yeah. And, right. you know, or loss, you know, so how are you going to that they've never dealt with? Mm. Right. You know, how are you going to feel with if you have a miscarriage or, yeah. or something happens? And I I always tell them I don't want something unexpected to happen to you and trigger something for you that you don't feel good about it. Because at the end of the day, if you go through this journey, we want you to walk away feeling really good about yourself, mm-hmm. not questioning about, oh my God, why did I do that? Exactly. Right. Do you follow, so you do like the initial screen. Is there mm-hmm. any agency that you do some, fo- and what I mean by follow-up? We is- have some agencies that have us do monthly sessions. With there their- you go. That was my yep. question. And then oh, we yep. have another agency that we do monthly group sessions. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Did your, so, um, and we do like postpartum sessions. Okay. Oh, that's super nice. That is yep. nice. Especially if they have some type of baby blues, then they can speak Absolutely. about it there. That's really it nice. is. It's really nice to have these monthly sessions because if we in com- in talking with them see like certain things happening or, you know, and, and it's really nice to have someone to help you mentally prepare for this the, your last trimester and, mm-hmm. and, you know, do yeah. you have, you know, have you really talked through the birth plan? Are you nervous about it or Aww. like- 
you know, I know that they really want you to do this. Are you really comfortable with this? Or, you know, yeah, you know, if you don't like jazz and they want you to listen to jazz during the delivery, you're allowed to say, I don't want to listen to jazz. You know, (laughs) exactly. That's great. I think it's, I think it's a fine line helping a a carrier feel like she's pregnant and acknowledging she's carrying the baby, but also that balance of that it's not her baby and it, and there's other people involved and it's, it's a joint journey. It's a journey together. So yeah. how do both people feel acknowledged? Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of the times it gets cross ties. And so it's uh yeah, definitely, it definitely helps. So then do you also host um, intended parent meetings? Like I know that some agencies do that as well. Are you guys a part of that? We're talking about it. Oh, okay. okay. It's on the horizon. That's it's on the horizon. Cool. Yeah. Amazing. So do your surrogates have to take a written test and then they go face to face like a written evaluation? It depends on the agency. um, So all of nothing's all of our sessions are are telehealth. So there's nothing you don't go into an office and there's no. And then um, we also administer some clinics want um, their surrogates to take some kind of testing. Often we we administer the, the PAI test. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. That's normal. Oh, my gosh. Do other batteries of tests if they're requested that we do. Oh, do you, um, do you find that social media plays a big part in support or, um, or I can't even think of the opposite word of support or, or just, is it a hinder or is it, is it helpful yeah. to have social I would say it probably depends on the account that you're looking at. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> posting. I think it's great. I think it helps normalize things. I yep. think it makes, yeah. it lets the rest of the world know that you're not the only one going through it. And when you're dealing with infertility issues, or if you're a carrier or a donor, it's really nice to be able to have people to reach out to. Yeah. It is. I mean, but my advice has always been when I've talked to donors and carriers and intended parents is when you're online and you're looking at things, just just try and stay in the middle because mm. there's there's two extremes. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's the extreme people that feel the desire to go on and post. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the real true reaction is probably somewhere in between everything that you're reading. Correct. That's fair. No, that's right. great advice because it's agreed. Social media yeah. is very you much. You could go like, down a really some really bad rabbit holes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. no, absolutely. So fees that are associated with you guys' services obviously are paid by the I would think the intended parents in whatever package or whatever um, agreement they've come up with with the agency. Correct. So are there different? I guess what I'm asking different um, tiers. Like, what if the IPs want one on one with with a psychologist or? Um, Every month, they just want one-on-one. Is that something they have the right to pay for and that you would administer? Yeah, of course. Okay, okay. if they want to. Something's off the table with us when it comes to mental health. Okay, yeah. right. We can help. We're going we're gonna to figure out a way. Okay. So she just said psycho, um, psychologist, but I saw that on your social media, you guys say psychotherapist. Yes. So is there a difference? Is there like a correct? Yeah, term? well, a psychologist is someone that has their PhD or, or PsyD, has a doctorate degree. Okay. And then- Everybody on our team either has a doctorate degree or a master's degree. Oh, okay. Perfect. And other stuff. And it's licensed. Yeah, you have to go through a series of licensings. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. They know their stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like whipped through all these. So now I'm like, wait, where are we? Oh, okay. Yeah, we're, okay. we're jumping. We're jumping. Okay. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, oh, what, um, what would someone expect during a session? Yeah. So... I would think it's pretty much, you're just, you're asking them questions, pretty much a series of questions and seeing their reaction to it. Um, the whole purpose is, as is that we're getting, trying to get a picture of who they are. Right. Tell us like, let it, tell us we want a timeline of what your life looks like. You okay. know, what was it like you, for you growing up? What was your family dynamic? Like what's your support system like? Right. No, what system is And you. how did you get to be where you are right now? And that's, exactly. um, we want to have, you know, we want to know who's your partner, you know, yeah. tell us about your relation, past relationships and tell us about your children. And you mentioned the partner. There are some agencies that inter- have the partner come to these sessions as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. 
Because right. I think so, that's yeah, we do. Yeah. You know, I just kind of follow the guidelines of what okay. everybody requests, you, you know, when they fill out the referral form. Mm-hmm. Some want it with a partner, some don't. So whatever anybody requests is what we do. Okay. Um, so that one support person is so huge. Yeah. That I would really think they need to be on board because sometimes the surrogate can kind of, I mean, I know from my own experience, I kind of like, yeah, yeah, he's on board. He's on board. And then when push came to shove, and I really got down to the nitty gritty, he was like, you know what? This is a lot. You know, we did three of these in five years. And I just really never knew that it really took a toll on my husband. I just didn't know that. I just was all being, and quote unquote, selfish, really, because I wanted to do it. And I was running out of time is where I was at with it. Yeah. I I always, in my conversations with, with carriers, is really encourage them to view it as not something that they're just doing, but that their whole family is doing it. I think it's really important Mm -hmm. for children and spouses because you have to decide as a family that you're doing this for another family. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like Mm -hmm. you said, it does take a toll. Um, I think it also helps not, well, I don't really want to say place blame if something like you wanted to do this, blah, blah, blah. but as a family, and and I think it's also so important that as as a young mo- mother, as most carriers are, mm-hmm. that there's very few concrete examples that you can teach your children of what altruism is. Mm-hmm. And I just think that surrogate is like the best example yeah. of what. So and and to empower your children to be able to feel good, and it helps with the transition as well. Mm-hmm. It helps explain, you know here we are as a family helping another family. Mm-hmm. So they feel part of it. They never feel like their mom's being taken away or their mom loves this baby more than they love them. So I really encourage carriers to, to include their children, even if they're very young. I mean, yeah. but they yeah. still can be part of it and yeah. same with their partner. I mean, that's the partner needs to be on board too. They need to realize that there's going to be a lot of sacrifice in the process. Yes. Mm-hmm. But Kennedy the major rewards of being able to help someone that right. wouldn't ha- be able to have a child. That's you know? you know, so true. Kennedy was five when I started surrogacy and she just, I didn't realize how much it was affecting her in a positive light. I mean, I really tried to include all my kids, and, but I had older ones. They were going to high school. And it was like, whatever. She really was very interested in all of it. And so to think down the line that she would be a surrogate, never, ever did I. But when I heard her tell why she wanted to be one, oh, I grew up with it. And I just saw how it helped another family. Like that stuck with her since she was like five. And I just never, I really can never knew that until we started talking about all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's very interesting. So like she, she said, didn't know any different. This mm-hmm. is how it was. Didn't. Yeah. And it was considered exactly. normal in our family. Very, very so normal. normal. Yeah, yeah. So, normal. so yeah, it's kind of cool. Wow. So, okay. So you just said, this is like a whole, you're like, this is like a whole family thing, especially if you have kids and your partner, like you're all going through this. So something that is very controversial is having that alone time with the baby after the baby is born. Ah, look at your face. Yes, yeah, it is. Very it is. controversial. And why, so- why do you say it's controversial? What's controversial? <sighs> a lot of More often than not, I do find that people are accepting of it. And it's like, yes, like you can have time. They're a little bit leery, but they're like, no, they're eventually given the advice from the agency or the psychologist. Like, no, the surrogate and her family need closure. But there are groups of people that are like, no, like, why would you do that? That's so like inappropriate. The baby's not yours. And they're just not really getting the whole closure factor of, especially if you have a little kid, this, what was in mommy's tummy. And now here it is. And, and I don't even necessarily know if it's closure is the word because yeah. it's just it's a part of the it journey. It just yeah. provides an answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, there is I I think maybe it's more of a completion. Yeah. Cycle completion, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. I mean, especially for young children. So there's never this like, where did the baby go? That's why I always say, you right. know, include your family, let them see who the intended parents, as long as the intended parents are open, let them see. So there's never this like, what do you mean you had a baby? Where did it go? Right. So there's always a sense of where the baby went. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that in terms of um, in today's world with COVID and all the strictures that came up, there's, there's a lot less opportunities for families to be able to spend time with it. It's really more... Um, the carrier and maybe her partner rather than children. And you know what, even before COVID, there was always policies of, you know, young children coming into hospitals. Yeah, there was. So, um, 
and and some of this is going to vary from relationship to relationship and mm-hmm. um sometimes you know the families can get together after before if they're traveling to another state or or afterwards and you know the relationships there's so many great relationships when people have continued but the ones that aren't it is i think it is important it's it's only it's only fair yeah it's only i don't know fair like what's fair i mean it, it just is reasonable yeah. it's considerate yeah it's thoughtful yeah to be able to provide that opportunity for a carrier who has who has just delivered a baby for you that mm-hmm. is full of hormones and has and has made a sacrifice. Yes, there's that compensation, emotional and financial and all the things that go with that to have that respect for this person to say, okay, take a look at what um, you did yeah. for us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because, you know, you're as an intended parent, you're entrusting your surrogate for at least nine months, at least nine months to actually carry your baby. So you know, asking, uh, having a surrogate ask for an hour to just say goodbye or whatever that surrogate needs for herself. Yeah. Absolutely. Hello and goodbye. Hello yeah, and goodbye. Right, Welcome exactly. to the world, little yeah. one. You know, like, it's been great and, yeah. and you're going to have a wonderful life. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, and you guys are both carriers. So, you know, that feeling, it's not always sad. Sometimes it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. like beautiful. Like, yeah. Like, it's been we've had a, a good run here yes. yes it's like what you said completion it's just like ah oh, it's, it's done here we okay we, we've ended it we've ended it great goal was met and now you go yeah, on just a new transition done. it's more yeah. of a transition I think yes exactly. for for the baby and for the carrier mm-hmm. you know and yes. and everybody's going to handle it a little bit differently I mean yeah, I've had I've been parts of conversations where you know the parents want to hold the baby first, carrier wants to hold the baby first. Interesting. Okay, uh, that's a tough one. I'm not getting in the middle of that one, one. No, at right? all. I no. <laughs> <laughs> so in that, if you do run into something like that, and they and they ask for your and not your advice, but could you mediate between the two parties? You, no, you make the two parties figure it out. Or the no, agency. we can have that conversation. Just I think that everybody has to be heard. Okay, right. I think that you have to figure out a way to for everybody to have this discussion. So everybody's needs, you know, obviously both people feel strongly about it. It's not going to happen for one of them. So let's have a conversation about how everybody's, you know, needs are going to be met. Right. And I'm just curious, do you hear a lot that surrogates want to hold the baby first? They want the baby up on their chest. I don't hear that either. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. I do get it. Yes. Yes, Of course. Of course. Okay. And I think one of the one of some of the hard things that it, that had happened over the last couple of years yeah. also is carriers that are delivering by themselves because of COVID right. and a lot of international cu- couples or, or parents not being able to come pick up the babies for a while. I know. And then carriers who have who've offered to take care of the baby until the intended parents come. Wow. That's a lot. It is a lot. Oh, it's a lot. And, and carriers had to do that. Yes. Some did. Yes. Some did. Um, some, a lot of times agencies or, or intended parent, parent, intended parents found guardians okay. to take custody of, you know, of the yeah. child. but there was cases where they felt comfortable with their carrier and the carrier was like, I'm happy to bring the baby home. And oh. I just think that's another level of emotional toll that yeah. needs to be addressed if that happens. Absolutely. 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 Oh my God. Um, yeah. Didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? And it's so funny because when, when you, and I, I'm sure you guys know this, I just always feel like when you talk in general public about what do you do for a living and you talk about surrogacy and donation and, and it's definitely not a gray subject, right? Because people definitely have opinions. It's not people are like, oh, that's really interesting. Right. Hmm. No, it's never. It's always, right. it's not one of those topics for men and women are like, oh my God, I could totally do that. Or, oh my God, I could never do that. Right. Um. It's so funny. Sometimes men are like, oh, I could totally do that. And a woman would be like, what? I could never do that. I could never right. give away my baby. And then it's like, but it's not your baby. Right. Yeah. And right. you know, or it's like, you know, I would feel, I would be afraid that, or I like, I could never use a carrier because I feel like they're going to keep my baby. Oh, keep the baby. I'm like, it doesn't happen. They don't. Yeah. They, that's why there's that emotional support. And that's why there are clinicians involved in this process to help mm. with that process. And yeah. as you guys both know, as, as previous surrogates, you know, th- 
so many people like I love being pregnant, but it's so awesome to go home and not have to get up all night long. Absolutely. I think that that's the part that people don't realize. It's like, I love being pregnant. I love the childbirth process. I love this whole thing about helping others, Mm -hmm. but it's awesome to be able to deliver a baby and go home (laughs) and sleep through the night. You got it. Yep. Three-year-old and your five-year-old are jumping on you, but it's different. They're still going to probably sleep through the night. Right. Yes. Yep. Exactly. And you're not changing a gazillion diapers and screaming and dealing with colic and all the other things that go along with it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. How, what is something that you, that you typically would say to an intended parent, if they're saying, oh my gosh, like we're, you know, our fear is that she's going to change the surrogate wants to change her mind and keep the baby or yeah, that's why you have, that's why you have contracts in place. Yeah. That's why right. Contracts. It would definitely that's be a breach. Happen. And they don't want to. I'm telling you, baby carriers do not want to keep the babies. They don't. Why why would we go? They are so happy. They are so happy at the end of those nine months. Yep. You guys can both attest to that. Yes. Like it's been great. I'm ready. Here you go. Yeah. See you later. I got into this for. Here you go. Let me see your reaction. Awesome. Exactly. Enjoy. Oh my gosh. Um all right. Uh, did you always know that you wanted to be a, a marriage and family therapist? Like, was that something high school or did that come in when you were in college? You went, hey. So I no, I, I got my undergraduate degree in international relations and French. Um, oh, wow. Okay. I know. I know. Um, and I finished college and I was like, I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, that's great. I got a job offer from a financial firm. To, I had, I had studied a year in Paris and oh. I got an offer from a financial firm to, for a position in, in Paris for five years. And oh, wow. I was like, no, I don't, I, I don't know. I said, like, I didn't like, no, thank you. Um, I had this fear that I would fall in love with someone in, in, in France, in Paris and like, and live there. And that's where my life would be. And my family was in the U.S. And I was kind of like, okay. it's five years. I'm like, you know, I'll be like 20, you know, 21 to like 26. And yeah. like, it just, it didn't make sense to me. And I knew that I ultimately wanted to live here in the U.S. And yeah. um, so anyway, so I did some, I don't know, work <laughs> like everybody does right out of college and yeah. was looking to do um, something with my time. Like I felt like I had free time. I wanted to get back and I started doing some volunteer work at um, a, um, I don't even know what you would call it now. They do foster care. They do group, it's group home, foster care, a lot of child placement services. I just started asking where I could volunteer and I ended up doing, getting involved in this organization that was called Grandparents as Parents. They were Ah. um, grandparents that for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. they're, they're, grown children could not raise their children. And now they were here, they were ready to reach retirement years and, and settle in and how they, and here they are with little children. So um, I started getting involved in this organization and, and they're like, here, will you hang out with the kids and, and work with the kids while the grandparents are having their support sessions? And okay. I was just like, you know what? I really love this. And then I went back and got my master's and there then I worked that. in geriatrics. I worked with people oh. dying with AIDS. Oh. Um, that was the bulk of my first few years of work at the LA free clinic. You know, I got, and then I did inpatient psych. So I got to build up all my diagnostic skills really quick. Headed up the assessment department then. And while I was doing inpatient psych, that's when I started to try it. That's when I was trying to try and have have my children and, and hit some roadblocks and Hmm. um, sitting in my doctor's office one day after I think my fourth miscarriage. Oh, I was like, gosh, you should really have someone in your office for people to talk to because this is an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. And at that time, a long time ago, um, he's like, well, I absolutely agree with you, but my partner still feel like, you know, there's two schools of medicine. There's Eastern medicine and Western medicine and, yeah. and mental health still falls under Eastern medicine and I can't get a buy-in yet. And I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm just saying from a business perspective and I'm like, I'm pretty, I feel like I'm a pretty emotional, like an emotionally stable person, but this yeah. is like a roller coaster. Aww. And I don't know. I went in, I got pregnant and had my daughter and, and he, during that process, he said, Hey, would you ever want to come talk to my clients? I would, I think it'd be great to have someone like you. And I'm like, yes, but then I got pregnant. Okay. And I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. And he's like, Oh no, no one's going to want to talk to you while you're pregnant. Right. Because <laughs> they're so, struggling. Yeah. And he goes, Let sure. he's like, I want you to enjoy your pregnancy. Don't, I, you don't need to hear everybody's stories. So I went and had my daughter. So I had her. And that's kind of how things started. Wow. And um, 
and just my practice from there and I lost, you know, one day is like, how could you, you know, could you screen a donor? I don't know what's involved. And really there was, there was not a lot of information. There was, you know, some basic, you know, ASRM guidelines. Mm -hmm. And then there was uh, Linda Covington's book, um, Infertility Counseling. So I read that from cover to cover and ASRM took all my, you know, my background, my assessment tools and my knowledge of working in patient psych and, and yes. assessing people and just kind of came up with my own tools and knew what I was, you know, and then it just evolved. And uh, yeah. Wow. And I, and I always tell people, That's if you're going to work in the field of mental health, this is the best, best field to work in because it's all about people helping people. Yeah. It's yeah. all like, for the most part, yes, there's some sadness, yeah. but you're helping people on their journey. I mean, there is loss, but you're really helping dreams come true and helping people. Yeah. So it's really, it's really, yeah. I love what I do. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell. I think oh, yeah. Awesome. You just oh, yeah. zoot it. It, it beams yeah. off you. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's very can cool. I, can I kind of ask like a, like a, I wouldn't say it's a hard question, but it's a, it's a, it's a tough thing that surrogates go through at times when they do have a miscarriage mm-hmm. and I'm sure that you get it's what did I do? What, like, what absolutely. could I do? Absolutely. Yeah. Is there yeah. advice? I always remind carriers that this is not going to be your regular pregnancy. This is not going to be your typical pregnancy because this is, you're not conceiving naturally. You know, mm-hmm. this is not, you know, you're taking medication to get your body. You are putting a foreign entity in your body. You have no idea how your body's going to react to having foreign entity put in you. You don't, there's, yeah. there's so many variables Mm-hmm. that you have no control over it and one of the things that we discuss in our in our joint sessions with intended parents and carriers is realizing that if there's a loss there's going to be both parties are going to experience it a little bit differently mm-hmm. I mean yeah. and I and I tell intended parents listen surrogates become surrogates because they have good pregnancies they do pregnancy well so if it doesn't if there's a failed transport if there's a miscarriage there's going to be this sense of urgency often to want to try again because it's like, I don't know what happened. I know I can do this. I do it. Like I get pregnant all the time. I have babies. Like this is why I do it. I don't know what happened. And there's a sense of urgency. Like let's do another transfer quickly. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, there's intended parents who have this long history, often have a long history of loss mm-hmm. and are kind of like, oh my gosh, this is another loss. And so I try and explain that you guys might not be on the same page at the same time. So I tell intended parents, if your carrier and her husband are reaching out to you, it's, which feels like inse- like incessantly, like, why are they bugging me? They're so insensitive. It's not because um, they feel that way. It's because they really, really want to help. And there's this sense of, like, I know I can do this. Yeah. And then I tell carriers that if you're not hearing back from your intended parents as quickly as you like to understand that this that it doesn't mean that they hate you and they think that you're a terrible person it's just that they might need this time to process a loss yeah um yeah. so you guys or it might be vice versa it mm-hmm. might be intended parents that are just like okay. okay i've signed on to have a surrogate this was supposed to be my end game and i don't care what it takes to get there let's just keep going right. and then for carrier it might be the first time that they've ever experienced anything like mm-hmm. this and it's like and they might need time to process. Right. Right. Exactly. And yeah. for all parties, I, I always try and explain that the world of infertility teaches us these great lessons of not having control mm-hmm. yeah. because there's so many things about building a family and having a child that we have no control over. Right. And if okay. you can embrace that and learn that part about yourself, about things that you can't control and just accept it. Yeah. I always tell people it's going to make you a much better person and a much better parent Absolutely. because our yeah. children love it when we're not controlling them. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the best things happen when there's no, when it's out of control. Yeah. Like, but it, but it's so awful. It's yeah. such an awful feeling. Yeah. It is. So oh awful. no. Yeah. Especially for a type A personality who always has to be in control, which I am. Yeah. And it's like, no, that, bo- no, we have to for- organize here, organize here. Yeah. And in my, I always tell people, it's okay to feel oh, that way. Just say it out yeah. loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say it yeah. out loud. Like, yeah. don't expect, like, you know, if, if it's a thing for you and, and there's, and, and it comes in waves. Yeah. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, as an intended parent, where well, you have to sit and wait and you don't have control, it comes in waves. Sometimes you feel like, you know, try and figure out something that you really do have control over. Go do that. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. say to your partner, you really need to, I really just need to be this way right now because that's my coping mechanism. 
good advice. Right. And I don't think that you have to always apologize for your feelings. And I, and I think it's really important for all parties involved to remember that you don't, you can feel a lot of things at the same time. Yeah. And I think people forget that. It's like, yeah. why don't I feel happy? Like I'm I'm happy when I'm sad. Oh, well, that's okay. Like that's yeah. human process. That's the human experience. You can feel you can feel happy, sad, excited, nervous, anxious, all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And that it's okay to feel those things. And and yeah. uh, it's better to have a lot of emotions and try and compartmentalize things. Like, okay, for this half hour, I have to <laughs> Right. <laughs> exactly. Are you are you at liberty to share? You don't give me names, but how many agencies, how many surrogate agencies you do work with? Is there a handful? Do you work with a ton? We probably agencies. I'd say we probably work with like two or three hundred different agencies. Wow. Okay. And then you also many. estimate, like yeah, yeah. yeah. And then. Do you also get referrals coming in from uh, law firms that deal with surrogacy? Law firms, clinics, okay. clinicians. Okay. Yep. Okay. Do you guys take on independent journeys as well? Yes, we do. You oh, do. you do. So if somebody wanted to go to you, would that be coming through an intended parent or would that be coming through a we get, Yeah, clinic will often refer intended parents directly to us and we'll help them. Oh. Okay. Hey, we're going to, an, you know, we have it, we have a carrier or often a lot of times we'll like a repeat carrier that's doing an independent journey in this time. And they've gone to their, in, in, gone to their intended parents and said, Hey, I did my psych eval with Andrea Bryman. You know, we had a, I had a great experience. You guys, you know, why don't we just work with them again? And oh, we'll do it that way. That's lovely to hear. So everything that we've done up to this point of, of my recent launch has all been word of mouth. So then it's Amazing. been a great journey. It's been a yeah. great experience. Yeah. And, and like I said, it's and you, you're just on your stuff. You know what? I mean, you're oh, on, yeah. you're, you are a well. I, I'm human. <laughs> I'm, there's moments I've made some mistakes along the way. Yeah, we all have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. But you might've missed you know, that. I yeah. wanted to say, Andrew. I think another thing that's really hard, and I think that it's really important for people to remember is that we do a one-time assessment okay. and, and, Sometimes will something will come up along the way after we've done the evaluation. Like a clinic will have medical records that'll say that they had a history of something that that we didn't have in our report. But here's the deal: all of us, when we talk to people, there's got to be this level of trust. If someone doesn't disclose something, we don't know it. Right, 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 right. So that's challenging. Yeah, because if it comes up later. Or we say, you know, we come right out and say, do you have any history of any mental health issues? Yeah. Anything with anxiety, depression, substance abuse, alcoholism, any kind of, you know, anything. You know, have you ever taken any psychotropic medications? Like we go through all of this in, in our conversations. Right. right. And a lot of times, maybe we're too casual, maybe like, or like, or they're nervous, like you said, because that's what I, you know, and I always tell people, you know. And and that's one of the things that we've always loved about doing tell that I've always loved about doing telehealth that I feel like people are a little bit more relaxed yeah, than right. sitting in an office. Um, and you know, I have a lot of colleagues that that were concerned that you couldn't get read body language. You weren't getting you know if you didn't see oh. someone face to face. But I always my feeling was like when I saw people in my office, people were so nervous and anxious that they sat like that, and that their body language just told me that they were anxious and nervous. Right. But if I'm talking to someone in their home and their kids are coming in and jumping on them, and you know they're in bed, sitting on their bed, talking to me on their computer, or partners, I don't know. It's just everybody's more more relaxed. Relaxed. Agreed. And yeah. you're, you're very, you seem very approachable. You seem very straightforward, very, I'm going to ask you the questions. Let's have a conversation. Whereas when I did my psyche valves, I didn't feel that at all. I, I felt like I was under a microscope, like, that, but that was again, 20, 25 years ago. I just felt like I was, I couldn't say anything right. Well, I was doing it 25 years ago too. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, I didn't get you. I didn't, wasn't had the luxury of having you. Um, but yeah, that's all I remember because if I have to say the part that I did not enjoy the most was the psychological part of the, of the screen of when I had to screen. And when I, because I felt like I, I know people it, always would come and be like, I'm so like, nervous. I'm I like, couldn't be oh. me, but I needed to be me. Like I, like yeah. th there was just that line. I couldn't figure it out. I was like, oh, now I think you can learn there's it. that fear also. And I know, I never know how to put it to rest, but it was kind of like, I'd ask a few questions and then like, and I'd be like, just so you know, this is what it's going to be like. Okay. I don't have any surprises coming at you. Mm -hmm. I think it's that fear of where is this conversation going? Mm -hmm. 
what's yeah. the next question yeah, yeah. agreed and you know and I'm kind of like see these type of questions there's no surprises like yeah. I just want to know about you yeah we're just, and we're just going to decide together whether or not this is the right thing for you to be doing right and you know and I think that we talked before we, we got on the call a little bit about advocating and yeah. it's so important and I really feel it's important to empower donors and carriers and kind of parents to advocate for themselves for themselves even though you have an agency and you have attorneys you have physicians you have a team the only person that's really looking out for you is you there are no stupid questions and I'm not I'm not saying that people are not don't have people's best interest at head so don't get me wrong because there's everybody's great in this but I find like when I'm asking a question if I start if I bring up the subject of anamniocentesis Right. Yeah. And I'll say say to a carrier, so how do you feel about having an amniocentesis? And they'll be like, okay. Yeah. Like it's when they do that. Okay. And then I say, okay, do you know what an amniocentesis is? Right. No. Oh. And then I'm like, no, stop right here. Yeah. And and I'm like, don't say yes to anything that you don't know what it is. You're going to have so many terms coming at you and so many questions. Ask what it is. Yeah, don't yeah. say yes. I could have just said they're going to drill a hole in your head and take out, you know, yeah, take out. You don't know what I'm asking you. If you don't right. know what it is, say, right. wait a second. I don't yeah. know what this is. If you're reading something in your contract and you don't understand what it is, if you're in a doctor's office, say, you know what? I'm sorry. I don't know what that means. Can you explain it to me? Yeah. There's no silly questions. You know, mm-hmm. if, you know, if we've, when, you know, years past, I have conversations about if you have to be on bed rest, mm. you know, do your yeah. education before you sign your contract, right. you know, see what it's going to cost for you to have someone help you take care of your kids, mm-hmm. because chances are you're going to get a contract and there'll be a number in there about what you'll be reimbursed for. Mm-hmm. Well, educate yourself, make sure that that's adequate. And like, because mm-hmm. I don't want you coming out of this being, oh my God, I'm out all this money because I, you know. I signed this contract and they put in there 5,000, whatever the number is and $5,000 and it's going to cost me $10,000. You know, I've got to go. I, you know, I went into preterm labor. I've got to be in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm pregnant with twins and I'm in the hospital for three weeks and you know, my husband can't do this or I'm the single mom. I don't have any, you know, my mom can't stay them, you know, 24 seven with my kids. Price it out, call around, find out what an hourly rate, what is a daily rate, what's a long-term rate. And you know, you don't have to, you know, you can say, hey, I'm not trying to be a pig about this, but I did my homework and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can't at the end of the day be out and, you know, this, you know, right. this is kind of what I need. And that's kind of like educate yourself before you sit down. And just because it's a, in your contract doesn't mean you have to say, okay. Yeah. And you guys both know that it's easier to have these discussions before you sign a contract than after you have, after you sign your contract. Yes. Yeah. Fetal reduction was a big thing back in the day, like, let's say 20 years ago, Andrea. Um, and, and I had to deal with that. There were, we had three, we got triplets. They put four in three took, woohoo. Yay. None of us expected it. Cause the doctor said, give you a 15% chance of getting pregnant. So I signed away like, oh yeah, the parents can decide fetal reduction. Cause I never, ever thought it would happen ever. And here we go. Now we're dealing with it. And they decided to do it. And I, I, Mm, I just wasn't, I didn't know how to deal with it. And so I just went through the motions and did the steps. And ultimately we ended up having the three because we had a hematoma and it ruptured when we were looking for which baby was going to be reduced. That's not why I got into surrogacy. I gave in surrogacy to do life, give life, not take it away. And that was the hardest conversation, but I felt like I wasn't supported on it. Now these days, I know they're only putting one in and that usually doesn't come to fruition, but sometimes happens, there's right. Like, there are there are still people that are putting you know two embryos in. Mm-hmm. There's doubles or splits or. How is that? Do you talk about that in your sessions? Absolutely, talk about it. Okay. Absolutely, we talk okay. about it. Yeah. What do you so find important. most surrogates are saying? Like, well, I don't. Well, know. Well, again, like you just said, most people are doing single embryo trips. Yeah. But it happens, and you know what? I tell them that you're entitled to don't answer what you think everybody wants to hear. Right. You know, because you're going to be the one that's going through this. And at the end of the day, you have to feel comfortable with it. And it's so important that you have this discussion now than afterwards. Um, And if you, you know, if the time came and you needed to do this, if you're not comfortable with it, Mm -hmm. say it now, then maybe this isn't the right match for you. 
Mm-hmm. There you go. Right. Might not be the right match for you. And, you know, and we hear everything we have, you know, we're totally comfortable, you know, whatever the intended parents want to say, it's, you know, I'm, I'm open to doing whatever they want, or, you know, or Mm -hmm. I'm only do it, you know, sometimes they'll go, oh, I'm only do it for, you know, if it's medically necessary. So then it's like, what does that mean? Right. You know, some people are like comfortable with Down syndrome. I'm not, oh no, Down syndrome. I would never do that for, but you know, so like that's an imminent life-threatening medical condition. Or then there's people that are like, I won't even do it even if my own life is at risk. Wow. Yeah. It's a hard conversation. It's a very hard conversation. It's important. You have to have it. have to have it. I just felt like it wasn't a I've had cases that we didn't do the eval on where Mm -hmm. I've got called in afterwards and said, hey, you know what? There's a, you know, the, the, just kind of like you just said, the carrier said that they would reduce and the intended parents want to reduce tomorrow's tomorrow's appointment. And now the carrier oh. won't do it. Can you right. talk to her? Whoa. No, I mean, she's going to do it. She doesn't have to do it. It's her body. I'm not going to be the person to call and say, try and convince her to do something that she's not comfortable. I'll help her and I'll support her, whatever yeah. she wants to do, but I can't, can't force her to do something. Right. Yeah. And back then it was, you're going to be in breach of contract. You're going to be in breach of contract. And it was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And it, luckily it did work out, but I think they were being talked to on the agency side of it. There was only one set of triplets that were born in that agency prior to me being pregnant with triplets. And I just think they were like, oh dear God, and they're like, let's just do twins. And I have a great relationship with these IPs <clears throat> and with their kids. Um, but back then it was super, super scary. And I just didn't, I felt like I was out on an Island floating. I was like, what, 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 what are my rights? I don't have any. I signed them away. You know, that is just a hard one. And I know. Yeah, it, it does. It triggers stuff because you're like, yeah. I remember that yeah. day vividly doing the I'm whole sure. thing. I'm sure. Yep. Sad. Very sad. But luckily we, we got all three. So we were good. But just curious if that happens to come up. But it does. I do have um, kind of like a follow up question with that. So if there comes a time in the journey where the surrogate and the intended parents are no longer getting along. Communication is just not there. Mm-hmm. Are they sent to you to like, sometimes, sometimes I do. I have those. So we'll do some mediation and we try and we try and get people back on track. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Well, sometimes it just becomes, okay, what's the healthiest way to manage the rest of this journey. And sometimes it's just through an agency or through attorneys or, huh. but I always encourage, you know, maybe both parties have somebody for them to talk to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From a yeah. mental health perspective to help them. So they don't feel, you know, I don't want, I don't think a carrier should ever feel like it was their fault and tenant parents shouldn't feel like they're sad that they're missing out on things that they want to know about. Right. Um, yeah. There's a lot right. of personalities involved and a lot oh. of things. Oh, and. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, there are. Sad. And sometimes it's just misconceived conceptions, like just miss, people are just misunderstanding each other. That really, and it just takes a little conversation to get back on track, which I yeah. felt wasn't and, I, and, I, and I always encourage people, don't make assumptions just because yeah. you think that's how it is. Doesn't necessarily mean that's how it's kind of like, we were just talking about losses, you yeah. know, don't, don't assume that they hate you or they think you're a rotten person. It just means that they're processing. Just don't make assumptions, even on right. the simplest things. If you're, if you're wondering something, if you haven't heard back from somebody or, you know, it, it, it might not be about you. It might be yeah. something right. completely different. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or kind of parents. I haven't heard from the carrier. She was just at her appointment and she was supposed to call me right after. Well, you know, maybe her three-year-old, you know, got a, maybe she got a call from preschool or three-year-old's got a 104 fever and they she had to run right away to go pick up, you know, who knows what it is. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because after all, life just keeps going on. It doesn't just yeah. stop because we have pregnancies with surrogacy. <laughs> keeps going. Yeah. All right. Are we, or did we work all through? Thank you. Oh. No, I have, I have one more, I have one more okay. question. You keep you going. Have- I, I have all day. I have no, <laughs> I have no other appointments right now. So we're good. Um, what, what are some of the best ways to stay busy during the hurry up and wait periods? Do you have any oh. advice on that for intended parents, especially, or because they're so ready to get started. I know surrogates are too, but I know everybody is, it's, it, it's, it's, it's so hard. It's so hard. It um, I wish I wish I had the I wish I had the I know I wish I could you know someone who went through it yeah is just there's just 
find ways for self-care. I mean, self-care is so important. What are the things that you like to do? Um, What are things that you think that, you know, it's hard because you never want to set, you never want to sound trite to someone. You never want to say, Oh, go take a vacation, take your mind off things. Mm -hmm. It's such a terrible thing to say to someone. They're like, you don't get it. So, I mean, the most important thing that I'd like to tell people is, is just acknowledge that you're feeling it, that it's okay. That it's that what you're feeling is normal. There's no way to mask it. Yeah. Are there things that you do on a daily basis? Yeah. Do you journal? Can you start a story for your unborn child? Could you, I mean, people like to exercise or, you know, here's an opportunity to travel before you have a child or, you know, but at that point, so many people are like, I've taken so many freaking trips. I don't want to take another. (laughs) So it's like, it's such a, it's just such a fine line about, I mean, I think use that time to, to be introspective and start understanding triggers and things that, and, and if there's certain things that trigger you avoid them, yeah. you know, I, people always feel like I, I have to deal with these things right now. It's like, oh. no, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't have a conversation. No, you don't. Yeah. If you're dealing with something highly emotional like this and, and, it, and you don't want to be at, you got invited to somebody's baby shower mm-hmm. and it's going to be hard for you. Don't go. Yeah. yeah. Take yeah. care of yourself. So I guess, I guess self-care is probably, probably the best advice I can give and do, you know, you don't have to be a perfect person and do the right thing okay. at any time and, and acknowledge that it's hard and, 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 and use your support system. Yes. Yeah. It's your support system. You know, whether it's your partner, or your single mom, it's your best friend or a sibling or your parents or. Yep. Whoever yeah. it is. I don't think people Just realize how much the, the support people do come into play. You really don't realize it until you're in the. You had to do it yourself. Yeah, to do it all yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh! But we all we all try. We're supposed to. We do. I know. We do. We're very reluctant to reach out, but when we have to, it's 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 your core people. You know, it's interesting. I like. I know. I'm totally going off topic. You're good. I, I I had these like thoughts that that simmer in my mind sometimes that I like this whole concept of of people wanting to help and people asking for help. And it's kind of like when, when someone says, can I help you? And you say, no, it's kind of like, you're not allowing someone in. And it's also taking away from that person that wanted to help. It's it's, sometimes it's equally as rewarding to help someone as it is to be able to accept help. Mm -hmm. And I think, I, I know it's really philosophical, but it's like this thought that I play around in my head all the time is this balance of, of, of people feeling okay to ask for help. And because people, you're just like, do you need anything? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And not realizing how it's received on the other end mm-hmm. of right. someone asking to help. Yeah. yeah. Right. And where it could beneficial, it could be beneficial for both parties, you know, and it's okay to say, yeah, I would love to embrace you. I would love your help. Yeah. Yep. More of us need to do it. More of us need to accept it when people offer. We really we do. Yeah. Our media response, you know, we're yeah. strong women. We're powerful. We're like, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're go-getters and energetic and, mm-hmm. and multitaskers. And it's like the sign of weakness, but it really yeah. is. It's really, I think it's all how we perceive it. And if we could get to a point where we allow ourselves to let, it's kind of like, no, I don't want to let you into my life. It's okay. Oh. Yeah. But like you said, it's, it's taken as a sign of weakness and that's been a stigma of, of mental health. Like it's, it's right. How about like, it's yeah, it's like, that'd yeah. be great. Let's figure out how you can help me. Like yeah. why, why, why is our immediate response to saying no is no. to say, Oh, I got it. Right. But maybe you don't. We're supposed to do it all. Yeah. Moms and, and women are supposed to be able to do it all. I don't know where that came from, but no. as I get older, that just, that, that rock, we keep chipping that away. Cause I'm like, yeah, no, you want to help? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> you know, I have is like when I was 25, I'm tired. Uh, yeah. Hello. I just, I just expanded my practice. I'm not doing it all. Anyway. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And exactly. It can be it's so rewarding. Talent. It can be so it's a, it's a good life lesson for me. Um, Amazing. So. Wow. Oh love it. Oh, you, this has been fun. I know you're such a, well, like a, it's just the light information. Oh, you are. Thank you. You yeah. are. Don't ask my husband and kids. They might tell you otherwise. <laughs> what did they all though? Like, <laughs> oh, 
Oh my God. How can, how can, can we ask, how can someone get a hold of your agency if they need you or if they want to use your services or? Absolutely. Our website's Bryman Counseling. Yep. Okay. You can Google us, Bryman Counseling Associates. Um, we're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Our numbers, uh, our office number is 310-400-6309. I had to think about that. I okay. never And Brian and- is B-R-Y-M-A-N. Correct. Perfect. Thank yep. you. And we're available, like I said, seven days a week from early morning to early evening. We try and because we do it telehealth, you know, we want to be able to accommodate everybody's schedules. People can do it yeah. on the weekends. They can't, you know, if they had their partner, I'm not a bit, you know, or yeah. donors in school or working, we do lunch hours. So it's been great oh. kinds of different time zones. Yeah. So if somebody is in, I'm just going to use two different places. So if somebody's in Texas and they, and they go on your website and they go through it, right. Are they going to talk? Gonna be matched? Somebody? Yeah. They'll be matched with the Texas. Th- so what'll happen is, is if they're scheduled in Texas and they need to see a Texas therapist, then it'll say in the form and then our system will open up our calendars that our Texas therapist calendars and they'll only be able to schedule appointments with those. Wow. Fancy. Wow. Okay. That's nice. Super nice. Cool. Wow. You like congratulations! Like to right. just, seriously like, eat all of that in a year. Like what a what a niche, phenomenal. and you just nailed it. Like that's well, phenomenal. Thank you. Sure, yeah. and you're just gonna yeah. keep growing. Uh huh. We yeah, that's our yes, hope. You are. That's yeah, hope. yeah. We want to make sure that everybody gets quality care yes. wherever yeah. wherever they talk to, wherever they are. Love it. Yeah, I love oh, it. My gosh! Yeah. Thank you so so oh, yeah. much. I mean, I don't know if you have any questions for us. Yeah, no, I like you know. I just. I'm here along the way. If nice. whatever you you know what whatever route or direction you guys head, or wow, or yeah. if you have any you know listeners or or people that yeah. reach out to you, yeah. you know, and they yeah. I'm too confident they want answers to something. You can always shoot me a message. You know how to reach oh, me, and I'm happy to help in any way that I can. Thank you so oh, much. Oh my gosh, you're you're really helping. Yeah, the community, like honest, like, and it's gonna change. That's that's the whole goal. Every like, I think everybody, every surrogate, every you know, is to change the conversation of surrogacy because it has such a interesting stigma on it. And you're helping. I it. wish there wouldn't be a stigma. I think it's amazing. I guess I'm I'm biased because I've been doing this so long, and yeah, and the majority of my day is spent talking to amazing women like both of you, oh. um, to to meet to meet people, like I said, this, this field is amazing to, yep. to, to in this world of chaos and, and craziness that we live in, um, mm-hmm. that there's people that want to help others. I, I mean, I'm always, I mean, it, it makes me emotional because I've talked to so many women that mm-hmm. have endured such crappy things in their lives yeah. and somehow have persevered to a point that they still have this ability to want to do something good for somebody else where, where some people would have just become so miserable and angry. And then yeah. these women have turned their lives into something so amazing or forget that, but just that there's people there that really want to help other people. And, and, and it's just renewed every day. I wake up every day and, and, and one of the things it, so in my practice, so I have all these therapists, but I review every report that goes out. So there's always a second set of eyes that looks at, Wow. the report sometimes two or three sometimes I have another therapist review it and then I I look it over also so nice. I look at every report that goes out nice. so um wow. it's still my name on yeah the practice. Right. So, right. And right I still have my yeah. expertise and I still like sometimes I'll say well let's get some more information about this okay. so okay. um so I read stories okay. every day seven days a week and wow. that was that was the thing that I hadn't figured out is that where I was trying to find balance in my life is that, yeah. you know, where I used to do work five days a week. Now our practice opens seven days a week. Right. That there's a lot more, a lot more reports going out. So, yeah. Um, yeah. but, but yeah. it's awesome. It's just, it is. So, yeah, I mean, it's phenomenal. I, I ultimate, you know, and, so and much I for think, carriers. I think people listening to this podcast and Kennedy will tell you when it's going to go up uh, I, I can't even think of another word other than you're just approachable. You're approachable. Yeah. It's there's a stigma, you know, on mental health. There's a stigma on people who are gonna try to open you up and peel you back layer by layer to figure out who you are. I don't get well, that. Don't you? Don't you, you think? 
when this is what I always would tell people also is that when you when you sign up to be a carrier, you're not signing up to, for mental health counseling. Right. No, uh, you're when, not. No, you're going, you're, you're signing up to help somebody and have a baby. And all of a sudden they're yeah. like, you have a psych eval and they're like, <gasps> you know, right. and, 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 and you think that you're going into, you know, um, you know, you're going to see Sigmund Freud and you're going to go into psychoanalysis. Like, what are they, what is this, what is this shrink going to say about me? You know, what are they going to find out about me? Uh, I'm not going to really find out anything, anything that you're going to tell me, you know, anything that you don't already know about yourself. Mm -hmm. And again, the whole purpose of this is to make sure that you're going to have a good experience doing it. Absolutely. That's that's the bottom line. That's to me, that's the role is that everybody's going to have a good, good experience. And And, and I love hearing that because 22, 23 years ago, in my experience, that really wasn't it. It was make sure the IPs have a good experience and you're just going to carry. And that's exactly how I These felt. You're not going to have a good experience if you're not, if the carrier's right. not having a good experience. Right. And and just yeah. to see that change is is lovely. It's, it's beautiful to see because I see how Kennedy was treated as well. It really changed it. It was more, hey, we got to worry about the IPs and the surrogate, not just the IPs and how they're dealing with it. Because again, they're hold the, the price tags. They're the ones who are the financial aspect of it. And that's yeah, how I, I, I never, I never, I never viewed it like that. And I, yeah. just, I mean, it's why I'm so humanistic. It's like, it's all about the person that you're with. Talking yeah, to exactly. Them. Exactly. Absolutely. If you guys, you know, if you ever want to do like a question and answer with carriers, I'm happy to do that too. Oh, gosh, or, that would be amazing. Or kind of parents or whatever. Yeah. We could do something fun like that. That might be fun. You know, I can bring on a couple of my therapists also. So we could do like, oh you gosh. know, panel. That might be fun too. That, that would be, be. Wow. Oh Thank you. Yes, and we have two male good. therapists also on our team too. Oh, how That's amazing. Well. That's very interesting. How- That's good. I like yeah. that. I like it too. Cause yeah, but, but they're in a, so a they're good. They're, good. they're good. They're very, they're yeah. approachable. Everybody has to be approachable on my team. Of course. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. 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 Well, I, see, I mean, we see how you speak and how you're yeah. just, you know, like, Hey, like let's have a conversation. Mm. So it's your, pra- you know, it's your practice. So of course yeah. they have to align with you. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Um, you're, you're just a delight. I, we can't, we can't thank you enough for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you so much. Your afternoon. Okay. Take good care. You too. Okay. Bye guys. Bye. Oh, she's such a delight. That just went so differently than I thought it was going to go. Oh, because you thought she was going to like have her little ruler out and be like, I just, (laughs) you've dealt with the mental health aspect of it in the last decade. I have not like, I only have my experiences from 20 some odd years ago and it was very different than how it is now. Very, very different. I'm sure. I'm so happy to see it. I'm so happy to see it. Well, she's so passionate. Yeah. She's made this huge, just empire of somebody in every state you can go to her one-stop shop you can make your own appointment it seemed like you could pull up the calendar and it just Mm -hmm. lets you be a little bit in control of what you have to go through to get your psych eval yeah and if and she's the head of all of it andrea it's like i can only imagine what the rest of her therapists are they they must be all phenomenal because they have to exude like she said yeah yeah I, I, this was very interesting to me. Very. I, I can't appreciate you enough, Andrea, for coming on. Because yes, thank it you was so much. So it and was just suggestions fun. of maybe having like a panel and we'll yeah. have to dig deep into that and see how we can make that work. Yeah. I think that would be, I think that would be helpful for a lot of people to understand and to get answers and know that going, getting your psyche val is not Right. Take another sense? layer off, take another, you know, yeah. peel back that onion and say, Hey, it's just a conversation. Yeah. It should just always just be a conversation. They're not, they're not judging you. They're just trying to make sure that this is get to know you. Be fine. Just what's your story? Why do you want to yeah. do this? Makes a lot exactly. of sense. Exactly. A lot of sense. All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to Stops It Surrogate. If you guys have any questions or if you guys would like to um, share your story with us, please feel free to message me on Instagram at stop period sit period surrogate. And yeah, we'll see you. We're 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 weekly now, you guys. Seem to be. <laughs> this has been Stops It Surrogate with Kennedy and Ellen. Take care, everyone. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give us a like and subscribe. Also, check the link to our YouTube channel in the description.